everybody and welcome to Gaza Guy podcast with me, Malmosa. Today is my final part of my conversation with my amazing friend, the talented poet, Hannah Hazim. Enjoy listening. Gaza Guy podcast from Gaza. My, my other thing was, how did you get started? Where did the idea come from to create the Gaza Poet Society? And, and did you yeah. find that there was a lot of interest in joining? The idea, uh, like I was, uh, I love poetry. I love spoken word poetry, uh, performing poetry, uh, you know, in English, not in Arabic, but I do perform in Arabic. And I've been looking for a community that perform poetry in English and in Arabic, but you can't find such a community in a place like Gaza. And all the centers or all the communities literary communities in Gaza are the traditional communities that uh, they read poetry in Posha, the standard Arabic, and mm-hmm. no, I'm not that person. I cannot fit in such community. I love poetry. I love the modern poetry more than the uh, standard or the Fusha poetry, the classic poetry. Uh, but I write in English and I perform poetry in English and I've been looking for a community to perform my words in English but uh, I didn't find such a community. So the idea was in my mind for years and years, but I've started to apply the, to apply what I was thinking of. And uh, in 2018, uh, decided to, find, to establish Casabo Society. It was an initiative to give the poets a chance to uh, share their words in English and in Arabic. I was like, I was, you know, I wanted to make it just for the writers or the poets who perform and write in English, but you could not find your only people writing English. You can find some, but not all of them. I also wanted to give a chance to the writers and the poets in, uh, who write in Arabic, who write in uh, colloquial Arabic, Sha'ar uh, Lamiya, we call it, and the uh, who do spoken word in Arabic, but not like the uh, not the classic poetry. It's a mixture between Lamiya uh, and a mixture between modern poetry. Uh, they wanted a chance because they don't fit also in the traditional communities that only perform for Sahar and start to uh, offer perform together. <laughs> they overreact when they read and when they uh, discuss their poems. Uh, most of them were in my age. Uh, and they were so happy. They were so happy about uh, the idea, and they wanted to come and try it and try the mix in English and Arabic, and attend the meeting and talk to poets in England who are from the UK, from the the US. It was a new experience for them, and uh, they easily fit in the community. We somehow fa- found each other. Uh, think the same, maybe think the same uh, about how or what we want to do with with the community. And uh, the first event was in July 2018, because why I decided to do this by ourselves, because we don't want uh, somebody to tell us, you can talk about this and you cannot talk about that, Uh, like to limit what we can talk about. So that's the main reason why we want. I wanted to do this by myself. 
not supported by a cultural center in Gaza or cultural center elsewhere. I, I wanted to do it by myself because I don't want, I didn't want anybody to limit what we are talking about. I wanted to give the poets the chance to talk about whatever they want or whatever uh, they experience or they go through. And you know, people at that age talk about a lot of different topics, politics, uh, love, relationships, all that mixed together, or they can talk like they can talk about the political situation in a love star, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, that was not uh, you cannot find the places that will allow them to talk like this. Uh, but Gaza mm-hmm. Society was one of the first places to give them the chance to talk about whatever they want. The struggle was to find a theater in Gaza because in Gaza there were only around two to three theaters that are working and they're very expensive. If they think like, I want to do a festival. No, I just want a small theater for a poetry night, for an open mic event, uh, for around 30 or 40 person who can attend. But when you talk to them, so you want to do an event, uh, how many chairs do you want? How many? <laughs> they were talking to me like this, no, no. and I. But I found a place that was uh, that uh, an institution that have uh, a, a theater, a small theater, and also they rented, not for free, which is funny. Like they were built by, uh, they were supported by uh, NGO to create or to build that theater, but now they rent it for the people mm-hmm. in Gaza. So, it's a struggle also to deal with the people here. So we decided to do it by myself mm-hmm. and we asked and Pippa, we did the fundraiser on Facebook and we funded the first event. It was, no, sorry, not Pepa. The first event was a friend of mine called, uh, oh my God, what, what she was called? I forgot her name. Yeah, a friend from the US helped us with the first fundraiser. And, uh, I did Gaza Youth Speaks, it was on July 19, 2018, gave opportunity to around 30 poets, among the, most of them were women, were girls. Why? Mm-hmm. Because girls were looking for a chance to speak up here, you know. They want mm-hmm. to speak up and they were very excited, very motivated uh, to step into the stage and read their words. It's a different story for them, different feeling. Mm-hmm. especially who perform in English. Then uh, that's how we establish the community, talk with institutions about offering a space, also a struggle. But I wanted to meet with the poets, talk together, meet together, uh, get to know international poets. And how that's how we start. I think it's incredible the work that you do and, and just what you said then about um, giving the opportunity for women and girls to feel that they could have a safe space to yeah. um, express sure. themselves is, and to not be judged because I guess poetry um, in a lot of cultures and, and particularly the Arabic culture, um, obviously there is... Um, uh, there's a lot of famous poets, you know, I, I count Mahmoud Darwish as one of my inspirations. Um, and, and there's a lot of poetry that comes out of Palestine. But I imagine um, for a woman as well, it's, it's, it's difficult, different. Um, 
Um, I certainly, I, I have had discussions with um, some of my cousins in the UAE my, um, from my Palestinian side. And one of my uncles um, is a, likes to write poetry. And um, I sometimes share some of my poems, but I'm careful not to share too many of them. And um, sometimes when I share them, he says to me, have you tried writing in Arabic? You know, I can, I can speak Arabic to a conversational level and I can write it at a very basic level and I can read it, but my emotions and the depths of my thoughts do not translate into Arabic. But sometimes they have offered to translate um, my, my poems, but I'm, I'm yet to say to them, yes, absolutely, you can do it. So when they asked me to, they said to me, why don't you write in Arabic? Yeah. Um, and I said, well, I have the level of conversation that I can get by to have a conversation and I can read in a simple format and I can write. But the depths of my emotions are not easily translated into Arabic. I'm yes. My my language, um, my first language is English and you wouldn't get the depth of my feelings if I tried to do it in Arabic. Do you know that I have this uh, Although I, I was not born in the UK, I, I had that feeling because I do not express myself in Arabic as the way I express myself in English when I write poetry. That's interesting, isn't it? It is. because I don't know why. Uh, so Maybe because I studied literature or I studied the English literature at college and I was reading English poetry and... I was more into the culture, uh, the English culture, and reading yeah. books in English, writing in English, and all this stuff. And I found myself struggling to write in Arabic sometimes. But I do write in Arabic. But I like that part yeah. that you mentioned. Yeah. It's not, it's, it's, but yeah, it's finding that uh, that language that feels more comfortable, I guess, and, um, and going with it. Practical, you mentioned about practical. literature. Yeah, you mentioned about literature and um, did you have a favorite author? Did you have um, mm -hmm. anybody that you used to gravitate towards more? Like uh, being a Palestinian, Darwish was a huge inspiration. Darwish, Khabba, yeah, all the modern poets, uh, Palestinian or Arab modern poets that era inspired us a lot because of the language they wrote poetry in. It was different than the classic mm -hmm. Arab poetry that uh, we used to read. Um, but I have that kind of mixture between the English poets that, poets that uh, I've read for since I was a student, the Palestinian poets that I was reading for, uh, I was listening to the words in the radio or reading the words and books, uh, the poetry in the songs that I listened to, the poetry in the streets, all that mixture define uh, the way I write or the way I get inspiration but I like Pablo Nerwada I like Charles Bukowski I like let me forget let me try to remember the names it's okay <laughs> I, no pressure <laughs> Charles Bukowski Pablo Nerwada Elliot I I mean you there's classical ones isn't there like Thomas Hardy yeah, was, was studying for me because I was studying yeah, the poetry. 
Yeah, Thomas Hardy was definitely one I, I will always gravitate to his books. And part of his part of the reason for him is he had a real grasp of um, tragedy. Um, and his one of his main themes through a lot of his books is that unrequited love. When you love someone but they don't quite love you back, or it's not meant to be, or it doesn't work out. And I really related to that, and I've always related to that. Um, the other, yeah, so so lots of lots of people motivate. I mean, like you, I kind of find inspiration through um, things that happen in life. But I, I could read a sign, and I think actually that I yeah. can start something from that, um, or hear someone talking. Or, uh, you know, um, sometimes I, I used this place used to inspire me a lot to write, but recently I started to think that this place plucks me from writing. I cannot see the place as a source of inspiration anymore. I don't know why I struggle with this. I don't find anything that worth remembering, mm-hmm. worth talking about. Uh, maybe because this place is always in the news or because I am tired of this place. Uh, like I'm in Gaza, okay? I feel while I'm, I am in Gaza, I cannot write about what I see here or what I'm going through here. Yeah. I feel like if I left yeah. Gaza, I will talk more and write more about what I'm going through. Yeah, I, I, I can completely relate to that. You, you can write about the things that are a little bit removed from you or things when you have stepped away from it and you start to miss it. Um, I've written a few poems about Palestine and I was more inspired after obviously I'd done my visits and um, and I get inspired every so often but I very 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 rarely write about things in my life here and now it's usually what's affected me previously maybe it's part of the process and you it's not healthy to write about the things that you're directly in perhaps yes yes Especially this place because it drains you emotionally and hurts you a lot. Uh, sometimes you feel like it's hard to love. It's a love-hate relationship here. Sometimes you love this place. Sometimes you hate that. I hate this place. Maybe that kind of feeling or that kind of conflict that uh, I am in makes me. Uh, when I love Gaza, I start to, to, to speak or write about Gaza in a beautiful tune of tune of love, of a guy who's longing for his city or who's in love with his city. And sometimes when I when I'm in a hate relationship, I, I don't know how to say it, but I start to write in a different way. But I, sometimes I I'm lucky to write uh, in both ways. But sometimes it's a hate-hate relationship when you cannot write about anything. I understand. I understand that. I was so happy uh, talking to you today on Gaza Guy podcast. You know, I love your words and I love your work a lot. And I was so happy when you joined us in our recent event, as as I told you. And I'm so happy that I'm talking to you for the first time on Gaza Guy podcast and for the first time as a friend I hope you enjoyed the interview and uh, it was an honor to have you today really enjoyed your words I want to thank you so much Hannah Uh, and your last words to Gaza Guy podcast what do you want to say I just want to say it's an honor to have been here to have been given the space and time to have a conversation with you 
to talk about things that mean a lot to me. Um, Palestine and poetry combined together. It's really, really good to uh, virtually meet someone who understands um, poetry and what it means to write. Um, and I really hope that you know you keep the faith alive and you keep the hope alive and make sure you get back to that writing. So no more breaks for you.